Time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! This is a show where we plop down in the living room floor with a big bowl of cereal and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And today we watched Darkwing Duck, as recommended by the Anderson Council at N.A. Baroga on the Twitters. On the Twitters, all of the Twitters. Each one of them. <laughs> all of them, every twit. <laughs> this is actually the second cartoon we've watched. It was recommended by Anderson Council, the first being Doug, and he did recommend a few more to us, but he's being greedy, so we can't do them all at once. We've got to spread them out <laughs> a little bit. They'll all get done eventually, though, so have no fear, Anderson Council. Yeah, we'll get to them all. Absolutely. Chris promises. Yes. So Darkwing Duck aired from 91 to 92. It was actually three seasons, 91 episodes, created by Tad Stones. Originally aired on the Disney Channel and then also ran on ABC for the second season and third season, I believe. For a short synopsis, a bumbling superhero battles crime with the help of his daughter and pilot sidekick. Yeah, that's a pretty apt description. It's an apt description. It really gives yeah. you nothing about the show, though. I mean, it yeah, gives really. you everything about the show, but also nothing at all. It doesn't tell you that they're ducks. <laughs> Does it, yeah, it doesn't give you any personality. No, absolutely not. Whatsoever. That's, that's a very vague description, but accurate. IMDb does that a lot. I, I wonder, like, who writes the synopsis for these? Like, if they're taking a synopsis that was ever actually used by the show, or if someone at IMDb is, like, filling this all in, or I know IMDb is somewhat like Wikipedia, like, you can register and you can go in and change stuff yourself. I don't know. Maybe it's just uh, random people doing it. Yeah, but I, I think it is just random people. I think they have to have an account maybe. And I think that's yeah. really as far as it goes past that. I don't know how the approval goes. I don't think that IMDb has a team of people who's like, I need to write something on this because if so, they do a terrible job sometimes. So that's why <laughs> they're I, all fired. Yeah. Everybody. IMDb are fired. fired. Sorry. Yeah. Because <laughs> some of those, some of those descriptions are awful. Some of them are really straightforward. Some of them are like this, where they give you very baseline information, which I guess is all you need, especially for the show, since we're going to really spread all the rest out. Do you want to hear my synopsis for Darkwing Duck? Do it. A duck wants to be Batman. <laughs> The end. <laughs> that's a that's a good description too. Maybe even better. You should put that one on IMDb. See if they yeah. use it. Oh, uh, I was registered at one point to <laughs> be able to edit stuff. I'll try to figure that out. I'll get on there. A duck wants to be Batman. A duck wants to be Batman. The end. Yeah. So who are some of the actors in this show, Chris? So three main actors comprise most of the cast. The first one being Jim Cummings, who voiced Darkwing Duck a.k.a. Drake Mallard, and lots of other characters. I, I mean, he probably voiced three to four characters per episode. He was just constantly doing additional voices. There was one in particular, I think it was the um, highest rated one we watched. There was like three of his characters in one scene together, and I'm like, this is totally all the same guy. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it, it's cool, though, that he that he has that much of a range that he can play so many characters in one show. So I envy that he's been in all kinds of stuff. We mentioned him on our last episode. He played a bit character in Jackie Chan adventures. And I said, basically if he, if it's a Disney cartoon, he's in it in some capacity, which is mostly true. He's also Dr. Eggman from Sonic the Hedgehog, which mm. is fun. 
love Sonic the Hedgehog. Wait, wait, which version? Like the really old version or the newer one? Old. Okay. And then we have Terry, who's voicing Launchpad McQuack. And Launchpad McQuack is also the name of a song by the band Sex bob from the Scott Pilgrim movie. Nice. According to Scott Pilgrim only, Stephen Stills says that's not actually the name of the song. But it's the very first one they play in the opening in the movie. But yeah, I thought that was kind of fun. He hasn't done a whole lot of other work. I mean, he's done some things here and there. Mostly video game work. Lots of Star Wars games. And one of my personal favorites, Jet Set Radio Future. Which is super awesome. If you never played it, you totally should. Or the original Jet Set Radio for Dreamcast is awesome, too. Mm-hmm. I think it was Jet Grind Radio at that point. They had to change the name for some reason. And then Christine Kavanaugh was our other main cast member playing Gosselin. And she has also been mentioned on our show before, too. She was the voice of Oblina from All Real Monsters. Um, she's also the voice of Chucky in Rugrats and Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory, among lots of other uh, voices and characters, too. All really talented people, so it was a good cast. All right, well, let me dig into our Darkwing cereal and see what gadget-shaped marshmallows I can pull out for this show. So a few episodes of Darkwing Duck were actually banned. The most infamous was Season 3's Hot Spells, which only aired once on ABC. Plotline involved Gosselin trying to gain magic powers like Morgana and, in the process, selling Darkwing's soul to the devil. Whoa! Yeah. Yeah. I can see why they banned that one. Right, that's pretty... I don't think he was called the devil. I think it was like Bazelbub or something there, but everybody knows well, that's the devil. Say, Bazelbub's still like a like a demon. Right. Like, I mean, an actual, like, historically written demon. So I can see parents not being super cool with that one. Yeah, so I need to Man. find this episode and watch it just to have yeah. that in my knowledge bank. Yeah, I would watch that. And then secondly, DuckTales and Darkwing Duck spinoff show that never happened was called Justice Ducks. This show would have featured Darkwing Duck and Gizmo Duck teaming up with some other new heroes. Since I'm pretty sure you never watched DuckTales either. I did not. Gizmo Duck means nothing to you. But that's actually, that would be very cool if they did. And maybe one day you'll see it and you'll be like, oh yeah, I'm going to bring this back up and remind you later. I do know from Wikipedia that this show was a spinoff of DuckTales. Mm-hmm. And that's why Launchpad is in both. He is a carryover. And there are actually some other cameos from DuckTales characters in this show. Not too many, but there were some. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's I, I think that's cool when uh, cartoons kind of branch off from each other. Like you get those spinoffs, but they still intertwine. I can appreciate that. Yeah, it's like the tied together universe, just like comics do all the time. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just like comic book. I like that. Mm-hmm. And lastly, an earlier version of this show was originally going to be called Double O Ducks. The idea was scrapped as it turned out Double O was a copyrighted name created by Ian Fleming and owned by Albert R. Broccoli, producer of James Bond films. And in that, Launchpad was going to be the primary hero. He was going to be Double O Duck, and he was going to be a lot more suave, like in a white tuxedo and a black mask. Oh, weird. But yeah, the whole so thing like got He would scrapped. have been more James Bondy. Exactly. Kind of. Okay. Yeah, no, exactly like James Bond. And yeah, but they they had to scrap it, so they just kind of redid the whole idea. And that's where Drake Mallard, the original character now, was created to become Darkwing Duck. But they still kept Launchpad in this, obviously. So, Chris, what memories do you have of this show? I know personally you don't have too many, but let's hear it. I just I need to see what you have to say about this. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't have a whole lot. This is one I for whatever reason, I had this predisposition to hate. All the Disney television cartoons, uh, not not just DuckTales, 
but like all of them, like Rescue Rangers, Tailspin, DuckTales, all of it. Like I didn't want to have anything to do with it. It might have been just because when I was a kid, I had some friends that like they would stop playing and go inside to watch these shows. And I'm still outside like, like what the hell is wrong with you guys? It's still playtime. <laughs> and I'm like, God, these shows are terrible. <laughs> um. I, yeah, I don't I don't know exactly what it was, but for whatever reason, I didn't care for any of them. I had no interest in it. And you know what? Maybe it has to do with like Donald Duck is like one of my least favorite Disney characters. And all of these Disney shows are ducks. There's tons of ducks for some reason. There's more ducks than anything else. So I'm like, no, don't worry these crappy ducks. I don't want it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I never really watched it. I, you know, I, I recognize some of the voices and lines and stuff so i'm sure that it was on my tv in the background sometimes in the house but yeah it's something i didn't pay attention to so i'm kind of going into this trying to be objective and put my hatred aside for ducks (laughs) so pretty much coming in with like mostly fresh eyes on this cartoon i mean that's fair but I was a I was a huge fan as as a kid. I remember that. Like I remember actually a lot more than I remember remembering about Darkwing Duck. Most of the character names I knew by heart, as well as the intro and the individual voices, and even the relationship between the characters. Like all of this is just ingrained in my memory. Normally, I'll remember an intro or something, but this one I remembered all the villains' names and everything because I was so fascinated by it as a kid. There's so much color and variety to this show that it really captured my imagination as a kid. And personally, I think it held up, but we'll see what you think of it as we jump into our three episodes. As always, our three episodes are the very first episode, the highest rated episode, and finally, a random listener chosen episode. The order varies depending on how the episodes fall chronologically, but of course, we have to start with the very first episode. In this case, it was a two-parter, Darkly Dawns the Duck, part one and two, season one, episode one, and episode two. And we did watch both. And we did watch both, yes. This introduces Darkwing Duck, Launchpad McQuack, Taurus Bulba, and Goslin Waddlemeyer. And Taurus Bulba needs Goslin for arming a code combination to the Ramrod. Just a note, Taurus Bulba was voiced by Tim Curry, mm-hmm. which is cool. Didn't know that until literally right before we started recording. I saw it and I was like, oh. And to keep our SMCB universe tied together, we mentioned Tim Curry back in Pirates of the Dark Water where he played that little pirate. Oh, yeah, that's right. And in Our Real Monsters. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christine Cavanaugh was in there, too. Look at all that. We've come full circle. In this episode, also, Marsha Wallace, who we know as Mrs. Krabappel from The Simpsons, played two characters. And I didn't know it at first, but I kept hearing that voice, and I was like, that sounds so familiar. And she played Clovis, uh, Taurus Bulba's like, secretary. And, oh, yeah. And Miss Cavanaugh, the head of the adoption center, the orphanage. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's a terrible orphan matron or whatever. <laughs> like she has no business being in charge of those kids. No, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, this is the and this goes back to the thing I was talking about is I don't understand why there's so many ducks. Like Disney's bread and butter is, you know, Mickey Mouse. Why why are they going the duck route with everybody? Do you have any idea? Like was there a reason for that? Well, obviously, in this case, it was because of the spinoff of DuckTales, but I don't know why right. DuckTales became so popular initially. I was like, where's the mice? Shouldn't there be some mice and they could have rats for bad guys? I think one of the only rats we had was uh, Megavolt. Yeah, I think so. That's definitely the only one that we saw 
in the episodes that we were watching. Mm-hmm. So this episode, we get the introduction to everybody. And what I had forgotten was that um, Goslin was not part of the initial crew and neither was Launchpad. It was just Darkwing Duck doing his thing solo and really not doing it to be a hero, doing it for fame, doing it for exposure. Right. You know what, though? Like, there's some of that, I think, makes more sense these days than it would have then because these days in the era of things like Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that, if there were a vigilante out there, you know, like, he would be taking pictures of himself, taking dudes down. Oh, yeah. Just like Darkwing Duck is, you know, wanting to do. He's got these uh, news reporters taking pictures, so he's trying to pose, beating up the bad guys. (laughs) Like like if Spider Man was a real thing, you know he would have an awesome Instagram account oh, that yeah. we would all be looking at. Yeah, Darkwing <laughs> would totally have an Instagram account or an Insta Insta Duck account or whatever they would call it in Insta that universe. Duck. Yeah, right, because they, they can't copyright or Insta Quack, probably Insta Quack. Yeah, that makes sense. Insta Quack, I like it. Yeah, so we get the layout of this team, the way it comes together. Launchpad is a huge Darkwing Duck fan. So he's introduced himself to Darkwing just kind of by Darkwing gets tossed into his hangar because he is a pilot still in the show. And Launchpad introduces himself as his biggest fan. And he's trying to follow him around, trying to be a sidekick. But Darkwing Duck, I'm just going to call him DW because it's easier. DW is constantly just like, no, I work alone. I work alone. Stay out of this. I have to save the day. But only for fame, as we know, really, at first anyway. He Yeah, it's kind of like a he's trying to do it to be famous until he finds himself like having to actually be a hero, you know, to save like um, Goslin and stuff like that. Like right. when he's like, OK, now I actually do have a responsibility to do the right thing and fame doesn't matter. I have to save this little duckling girl. Yeah, which is really cool, actually, the the strong message that that sends and it, it's really subtle. At first, I mean, it's I guess it's not subtle, but to a kid, they don't really notice it as much. But as an adult, stuff like that really stands out. And the fact that they really brought the the kind of atypical fatherhood into the picture. Initially, she kind of blackmailed him into keeping her around. But <laughs> yeah, it turned into a much stronger relationship as the uh, as even this episode went on the first two episodes. So just real quick for for anyone that hasn't seen Darkwing Duck, this is basically what happens is Taurus Bulva, he has control of a machine that he wants to use to pretty much rob banks and things like that. It can like levitate things. He's going to levitate the bank up into the air and then steal the money. It's it's called the Ramrod. You have to say Ramrod just because it sounds funny. So basically he needs a code to be able to use this machine. And the person that had the code is supposedly dead. And the only surviving kin he has is a granddaughter who is at an orphanage. So that's where we meet Gosselin. She's she's an orphan. I actually she's probably my favorite character in this show. She is a really intelligent little girl duck thing. But (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, like she still has that real like little girl kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for me to describe. Like, I, I wouldn't have picked up on it, but like, I have a friend now that has a little girl that would be basically the equivalent of her age. And I, I can totally see some of the same characteristics that I would not have noticed, like, as a kid or anything like that. But as an adult being around a young girl, I can see this cartoon girl duck 
like having some similar characteristics as this actual little girl. So I, I appreciate like, I think they did a pretty good job there in having a character that's still intelligent, still can keep up with the the rest of the cast, but still has some of those qualities that makes her like a little girl. Like she'll still want to be tucked in at night or, you know, have like a bedtime story or something like that. Mm, yeah. Or when she accidentally makes Darkwing mad, she starts crying <laughs> and things like that. And I'm like, okay, you know, those are all things that a, a little girl would actually do. Right. So I, I, I liked that. I like that aspect. I think that was cool. Something else I wanted to bring up because it reminded me of Muppet Babies was when Goslin is like, oh, I can't sleep. And Darkwing's like, you just need something to relax you. I think I have a oh, large, yeah. I think I have a large mallet. mallet around here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what is the deal with people like wanting to all knock these- people out with mallets? All these uh, cartoon characters just want to beat each other over the head with mallets to, to put, put them, them to sleep. sleep. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's messed up. So basically, Tauros Bulba is going to abduct Gosselin to uh, try to get the code from her. And this is the reason that this lady running the orphanage should not be in charge of these kids. Is One of his henchmen just walks in and she, oh, I'm a, I'm a friend of her grandfather's. Oh, okay. Uh, you can go hang out with him. That's fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, I want to take her for a walk. And she's like, yeah, that's that's fine. Go ahead. Totally cool. Yeah, no no, even like attempt at like uh, verifying who this guy is. Just some random old goat walks in and she's like, <laughs> yeah, take take some of these kids with you, please. Right. You know? I was like, that's messed up. Any other ones you want to take along? Yeah, this was, this <laughs> was right. a terrible. I, I don't know. I don't even know what you call them. The head of the orphanage. Matrons? It was a I matron? Don't. Maybe. It might be. I don't know. I might be making things up. What did you think of the introduction of Darkwing's vehicles? Like his motorcycle, pretty basic, but his plane specifically, the Thunderquack, what'd you think? The plane's pretty funny. I like that it's shaped like a duck head. Yeah. And so is um, Taurus Bulba's got like a similar airship that's shaped like a bullhead. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny seeing those two flying like in the air and stuff together. I liked that. Um, I liked that Taurus Bulba's hideout was initially inside of the prison. I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah, I, I was wondering. I'm like, why is he so like cool and collected inside? Like he's in prison, but his lackeys can get in and out with no problem. And then we find out that he actually has a secret base built into the prison. Yeah, and eventually he's like, all right, some to go, and he flies it away. The one thing I did want to mention was the style of this show I thought was really interesting because they chose to go more of like a green hornet kind of style than anything else. There's like a, you know, 1920s ish kind of vibe to it as far as like clothing, stuff like that. The way some of the characters talk are very like old gangster type Mm, characters. Yep. So that was interesting that they went that route instead of something that would have been you know, more common at the time because this was out in the 90s where like superhero cartoons were like the big thing. So instead of drawing from that, they went older. I don't know. It might have been smart because the the parents of kids at that point would have grown up with things like Green Hornet and stuff like that. So it also could have been a throwback to Batman as well. Like uh, even because you kind of see this in Batman, the animated series where it's kind of like a, a futuristic oh, that, past yeah. kind of situation. And so St. Canard might be a parallel to Gotham City. But you might, you might also be right about Green Hornet. It could be a combination of all those things. There was um, there's some definite parallels. Like they definitely took a lot of cues from Batman in this. I mean, if you think about it, you've got this lone well duck, 
<laughs> yeah. who, who goes to be a vigilante. I mean, obviously for different reasons, who ends up adopting an orphan who kind of ends up becoming his sidekick. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of parallels right there. If you think about like Batman and Robin, and then you got mm. Darkwing and Goslin. And it was, I think, very intentional cues too, because some of the other episodes we watched, there's some more like very obvious like homages to some of the other like superheroes and stuff like that. So yeah, and, and if you ever seen the original Sandman, the way he looked when he was like a, a kind of a superhero, he dressed pretty much like Darkwing does now with the purple cape, that like large rimmed hat, and the, oh, the yeah. gun that was a smoke gun. So I didn't even think about that. A lot of heavy inspiration from the old Sandman stuff too. So it's this is kind of an homage slash satire of the superhero genre as a whole. That's something I really appreciated about it. Yeah. The first episode wraps up and we get to see Gosselin become a permanent part of this force because she's, and in a, in a very nice way, adopted by uh, Darkwing, adopted by Drake Mallard, his secret, well, his regular identity. And she becomes part of the family. Launchpad becomes a sidekick. And this is how we get to see these three come together for the remainder of the series. And nothing says a 90s cartoon like a theme song featuring a slap bass. <laughs> Oh, man. Every time I hear that song, it's instant. Like, I'm transported back to the 90s. Nice. Like, like it reminds me of, like, TGIF, like, Family Matters and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> man, it's they all got that prominent slap bass going on, the funky rhythm. You've got a chorus of women singing, like, the theme song. Oh, yeah. That's going oh, to be your ringtone from now on. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, so the next episode was the one that was suggested by Anderson Council, The Secret Origins of Darkwing Duck, Season 1, Episode 33. At a museum 200 years in the future, Gosseloid and Honkalon hear the story of the mythical Darkwing Duck. This was actually my favorite out of all the ones that we watched. This was pretty cool. So thank you, Anderson Council, for picking that one yes, for us. Yes, thank you, sir. Thank you, Anderson Council. Yeah, this was pretty cool. It wasn't like a typical Darkwing Duck episode. It was in the future, and these kids are learning about Darkwing Duck in a museum, and he's considered kind of like a myth. Like, they're not sure if he was an actual person, but there's this janitor there who looks very suspiciously like Darkwing Duck, just as an old man. Right. (laughs) Who um, is basically telling these kids the quote-unquote secret origin of Darkwing Duck, And he pretty much told the story of Superman. Oh, yeah, completely. (laughs) And he was just kind of making it up as he went along, obviously. But he basically told the story of like another planet and the planet was dying. But it was because this guy and his brother were fighting and accidentally like set off a bomb. (laughs) Because one of them sat on the control. And um, the good part of the family, the good brother and his wife put their kid in the little spaceship and, you know, send it out so he can live and possibly have a cartoon series written about his exploits in the future. There was a <laughs> lot of mention of that in this. Episode. Yeah, it, it was mentioned like four or five times. <laughs> um, on the flip side, that guy's brother, considered the evil brother, has also fashioned a little rocket and he's trying to get in to save himself. And his wife like beats him over the head and then she tries again to save herself. And then their baby like gets up there before it and pushes her out of it <laughs> and he takes off and saves himself. So, and this ends up being Darkwing and Negaduck was the evil brothers duckling. So they're cousins basically in this story. Right. And 
it's just it's such a strange way that he's presenting it because like you said he's obviously making up as he goes this janitor and the rocket flies to this monastery where he runs into this head monk or whatever his sensei named Vinny and Vinny names him names Darkwing's character Stinky because he smells he smells him the when the baby comes in he's like oh you're stinky and yeah. uh <laughs> He teaches him how to, what was it? He teaches him how to respect people, how to, uh, uh, I can't remember what the other one was, but he also teaches him how to beat people senseless, of course. Right. Yeah. That was like the third lesson. Right. How to beat people senseless. But it's kind of funny because, yeah, it's a very like typical monk kung fu-ish kind of story at this point. But instead of him becoming like uh, this big martial arts master, it cuts to him in the future and like the sensei just captures him gambling. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like slaps his bill really hard. Like he's constantly being reprimanded by having his bill slapped, <laughs> which is kind of fun. Yeah, he's very arrogant. Eventually he he has to leave. I'm trying to remember like what the guy said to him at the end. He kind of gets kicked out because of all the stuff that he's doing because uh, yeah. Stinky's character is just like, hey, I don't have to pay rent. I don't have to have a job. I pretty much do what I want. And then I know the guy calls him a freeloader and kicks him out. What was it that he said to him that he said it may come in handy someday? Do you uh, remember? What was it? That, oh, I, it was... Um, the dad gave him the gun. Well, it was remember your teachings because this is where he was like, oh, there are cannibals behind you. And then he kicks him. And so it's like, I don't know exactly what the lesson was yeah. there, except like maybe don't let your guard down. I don't know. Or don't know. just kick people when they're not looking. Kick people when they're not looking. Yeah, Darkwing, like th- throughout this story, he's getting, it's a reoccurring thing happening. When he gets in the little spaceship, his dad hands him a gun. And his dad is very like Brooklyn for oh, some reason. Totally. Even though he's on another planet. Like, it's in the fact, end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's the end of the world out there. Um, <laughs> But he hands him a gun and he says it may come in handy someday. When he's at the monastery, something happens and he gets distracted and the sensei like kicks him. It basically, that's like this lesson he's learning. And the sensei says that, you know, it may come in handy someday. This will all come up later in the episode, which is why we're going back and yeah, talking yeah. about it. Um, but from there, he goes into the desert and it becomes like an Aladdin story for a little bit. <laughs> he finds a genie lamp. He's crossing an enormous desert. He finds the lamp. He thinks it's a bottle of water. So he drinks he the genie. Drinks the genie. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Spits it out. It turns out to be, I guess, this story's version of Herb Muddlefoot, Drake's or Darkwing's next door neighbor in real life. So he he fools him. He uses his strength against him because that's what he was taught at the monastery. And then gets three wishes out of him. One being a cola, one being a new outfit, and the last one being the secret to the genie's secret entrance. Yeah, because the genie like appears in a puff of smoke, and Darkwing thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, Stinky thought that was right, pretty cool. Right. So he he asks for that for his third wish is to learn how, and the genie's not very happy about it, but he does it anyway. <laughs> and it's only after the wishes are up and the genie leaves is that Stinky realizes, oh, I probably should have wished for a way out of here. <laughs> I think the genie also told him, like, it'll come in handy later. The uh, uh, the puff of smoke. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he uh, makes Stinky disappear. Then there's a puff of smoke and he reappears. 
So that's him teaching him the thing, and he says it may come in handy later. So that's I think that's the last time that that happens where he gets that advice. Yeah, I think so. Then it goes into it goes back to the kids asking the janitor about the story, and it's like, aren't you forgetting what happened to the evil baby? And it brings up Negaduck's portion of the story. First, the janitor doesn't know what they're talking about. Oh yes. He's forgets. just been making this up as he goes, and he totally forgot that he even made up an evil like baby. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was good. He explains what's happening with that baby and how he's just—he's still the evil baby. Uh, I, I like how when he's sent off, his parents are like, "Well, even though the world's ending, at least we don't have to deal with him anymore." <laughs> right. Some like that they'll have to deal with him instead. Yeah, right. They're now you know grown up ish age. They're about the age that they would be in this show. And the evil, well, he's basically a cousin, but Negaduck is in the spaceship heading towards Earth to find Stinky. Yeah. <laughs> and to conquer Earth, of course. And to conquer. And Stinky runs across Launchpad and Goslin, who is actually a, a superhero instead of being just a little orphan girl. Right. She is the mysterious masked Avenger of evil or Avenger for short. So basically, he kind of is taken under her wing. Get it? Mm, Get it? Hey, good one. Nudge, nudge. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be here all night. (laughs) So, yeah, he kind of learns like superheroing from her. She gives him the mask and the cape because he got the rest of the outfit from the genie and gives him the name Darkwing Duck. So that is supposedly where it all comes together. But then she gets thrown into a vat of soda, which is her weakness, and proceeds to sort of die over the next like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Very dramatic death where she, it looks like she's dead and then she wakes back up to tell or to say one more thing. Oh, look, it came back from the last episode. One more thing. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. It's all one big universe. <laughs> So after she does actually finally, I guess, really, quote unquote, die, DW's like, she's gone. And then Launchpad's like, are you, are you sure? And he's, sure? he says, hmm, yeah. And he's, he's like, no, no, there will never be a cartoon series based on her exploits. <laughs> you know, and that is that kind of uh joke and stuff like that. That's the reason why I like this episode so much. You know, the, the first episode well the first two episodes that we watched i didn't care for as much like it was cool like getting introduced to the characters but it didn't draw me in as much but this this episode definitely did and i thought the writing was much better in this one there's a lot more clever and witty like jokes and stuff like that they were a little more subtle instead of just straight up slapstick so that that I'm, i like that a lot that was good yeah there's a lot of self-reference in this episode a lot of fourth wall breaking kind of stuff yeah and there is a point in here where Darkwing is finally, he's fighting against his cousin Negaduck and he pulls out a gun that shoots gas and he says, suck gas, evildoer. But when you say that as quick as he did, it comes out like this, suck gas, evildoer. <laughs> yeah, it definitely wasn't gas. And that's what's funny is that's something he says a lot. Actually, we don't we only see it once in these episodes, but that is one of his lines. Just so like, oh, he says it more than the, oh my god. Yeah, when he uses that gun, that's his line. He really sounds like saying "suck." <laughs> like they had to have known this because there's no. That's the first thing 
I thought of when he said it. I'm like, did he just say suck? <laughs> <laughs> like, can they say that on a kid's cartoon? So uh, the way this one kind of wraps up is we've got Darkwing's origin story, quote unquote, and then we come back to the museum where the kids have fallen asleep because I don't know, I guess they're bored from the story or something because it is a long story. And yeah. then the museum curator, he comes in and he's like, basically, what are you kids doing here? Uh, Honker blows his nose like he has been throughout the episode because he has bad allergies on this purple handkerchief that the janitor gave him. The curator sees this and he's like, hey, that's Darkwing Duck's mask and grabs it. It's been missing for 200 years. Yeah, (laughs) right. And so he, he grabs it, puts it on this statue. The statue thanks him and then he passes out. (laughs) <laughs> you know, there's a lot of like hidden references to other cartoons in this show. I, I didn't write all of them down, but there was one in particular in that museum. There was a tiny statue of the great mouse detective. Oh, oh, that, yeah, that yeah. was the statue that they hit that, you know, they went under that chair or whatever, and they got trapped there for mm-hmm. a little bit. There, there's yeah. actually one from the next episode that I wrote down and I'll talk about as we move on to it. So Perfect. It, That's probably the one that I missed. The last episode that we watched was Life, the Negaverse, and Everything, Season 1, Episode 35, which was the highest rated episode where Drake is a reluctant party guest at the Muddlefoots when Launchpad tells him that the Fearsome Five are at the bakery. Yeah, basically he was he's invited to a birthday party. He doesn't want to go. Gosselin makes him go. And Launchpad is getting a cake from the local bakery and it is a peanut butter honey and sauerkraut cake which sounds awful but i would try it oh, like yeah. <laughs> peanut butter like goes with all kinds of weird stuff my favorite breakfast ever is a piece of toast with peanut butter sriracha and a fried egg on top of it and it is freaking delicious that sounds I, I can't say it sounds disgusting, but it just sounds very strange. I'll try it, it one is day. Amazing. Like you will you'll thank me later. We'll so see. you know what? Maybe sauerkraut will go with peanut butter. All kinds of weird stuff goes with peanut butter. So I would try it. Give it a shot. Let me know. I will. <laughs> I'll make it a cake. So this episode opens with the fearsome five. We see Negaduck, Quackerjack, the Liquidator, Megavolt, and Bushroot. This is essentially the sinister six of this world, except it's five. <laughs> And they're arguing after they pull a heist where Negaduck always goes off on his own somewhere. He never wants to hang out after the heist is over. And they figure out he has a secret lair, but obviously he's not going to tell him where it is. Quackerjack talks to uh, Mr. Banana Brain, who is his little banana puppet that he always holds. Strangely, it's kind of like um, Ventriloquist from Batman where... Oh, and Scarface? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where the puppet is smarter than the actual Quacker Jack is because he's always right. giving good advice. Advice in this case is follow him and we can find out where the lair is, <laughs> obviously. I really enjoyed these bad guys. I thought they were pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that they're getting into lots of variety with like the, the villains and stuff like that because I didn't care for... Taurus Bova that much. I didn't think he was very interesting as a bad guy. So I like seeing that Darkwing has this little like rogues gallery basically, mm-hmm. which is uh which is cool. The liquidator is just hilarious. It's just a dog made of water. Pretty much. <laughs> and his also liquidator's lines, most of them are based off like advertisements and stuff. I, I did like too that when uh, Launchpad first sees them in the bakery, he's like, ah, the, the fearsome five. I, I mean four. Uh, I don't know why that happened, but it made me laugh. And, and Darkwing, like it says at the beginning, he's at the Muddlefoot's party, which in this case is themed. It's Pelican's Island or Gilligan's Island. 
And he's right. dressed as Gilligan. Herb Muddlefoot is the skipper. And so they've got this whole theme going on. Launchpad, after seeing these villains, tells Darkwing, and he has to run over to, of course, save the day to get a new cake, quote unquote. Yeah, so he he goes to basically stop them because it gives him an excuse to leave. And he follows them back to, well, he follows those four who are following Negaduck to his secret lair. And they basically all end up in the same place. And they try to fight Darkwing and end up throwing him into this big fake cake. But that cake is actually a portal to the Negaverse, mm-hmm. and they just threw Darkwing right into it. And the Negaverse, as it sounds like, and as we know Negaduck is, is essentially the polar opposite of Darkwing's universe. So we've got St. Canard still, but it's in shambles. Everyone's attitude is the opposite of what it is in the regular world. Like, Gosselin is like a really... She's really prissy and really sweet. Really prissy, really sweet daughter, uh, still of Negaduck, because he's this world's Darkwing. Launchpad is a bad guy. And this is actually where this is where that other cartoon comes in. When he comes in holding the toys that he took from the orphanage, he throws the toys out. And one of them is Zummy Gummy from the Gummy Bears cartoon. The oh, Disney that's Gummy Bears right. Cartoon. Yeah, that was one of the ones I caught and I just I didn't write it down in time. But yeah, mm-hmm. I did catch that, too. And I wasn't sure if that was a title that belonged to Disney or what. But yeah, I recognize that because of his hat. Yep. Launchpad's kind of scary as a bad guy. Yeah. He's like all like punked out like freaking road warrior style it's pretty interesting and it what's really funny about this was that darkwing didn't even notice when he first got to the negaverse he goes home the power is <laughs> out i mean everything is just grungy and like broken and demolished looking everything just looks terrible and he doesn't even notice <laughs> yeah he's just like uh the lights won't work goslin must have screwed something Rewired up something yeah Right, and it just doesn't even occur to him, even though everything's in shambles. He's clueless for the longest time. Even after they lay it out to him and try to explain it to him, he's just still like, nah, fake. (laughs) He just, he doesn't get it. He's in denial. He's like, nah, that's probably not true. (laughs) (laughs) So in this universe, we also run into the Fearsome Five again, or the Fearsome Four, who in, in this world are the Friendly Four, and they are against Negaduck because they're the exact same. They look the exact same as they do in the regular universe, but they're the good guys in this world. They basically get together and he's kind of trying to teach them how to be better superheroes. And so they can take Negaduck down. Yeah. <laughs> and hilarity ensues. I like Quacker Jack's creations, his axe clown in this one. Right. Oh my gosh. One thing that I, I noticed is that all of the characters in the Negaverse were opposites of the characters in the regular universe. But Gosselin is still a good person in both. Yeah. Like I was, she's like her personality is different, whereas in, in her regular universe, she's a little bit a little bit more of a tomboy. She's kind of scrappy. And in the Negaverse, she's just very, you know, a lot more girly. She's wearing a dress and stuff like that. But she's still the same core person. Yeah, that's true. She's, nobody else is. She's not a bad guy like everybody else seems to be. Even the yeah. nerdy kid from next door, Honker, he's just one of the worst kids. Like he's constantly trying to kill Darkwing and everybody else. Right. So, yeah, she's pretty much the only character that uh, was good regardless and I don't know exactly what their 
reason was for doing that, but I don't know. It, it was interesting to me. Well, it did give some levity to the episode where it's like, um, I mean, Darkwing needed some characters as teammates, I guess, some of the side characters. So he got Goslin, he got Tank, who is uh, Honker's brother. In the normal universe, Tank is just some uh, really bad kid. So in this one, he's the nerd and he's the good kid who helps Darkwing out. It gives him reason to to be like, you know, should I leave you behind? Because he gets kind of attached to this version of Goslin. Right, that's true. Like, I think that's kind of his push to teach the friendly for how to be better superheroes and stuff because he needs somebody that can watch after and keep her safe. Oh yeah, because, that, that is exactly because that's what he says. He's like, yeah. um, like this universe doesn't have a Darkwing or a Drake Mallard to be. It doesn't have a Darkwing to be a hero, be and it doesn't dad. have a Drake Mallard to be a father. So for you, right. Goslin, I'll stay. So there you go. Yeah, that's his incentive to actually save this universe. Yeah, so he stays to help. Eventually, he is able to at least get Negaduck to flee back to the regular universe. In which case, he chases him down because now. Goslin here has four dark wings to protect her. So it ends on a happy note for the Negaverse. And then it comes in where Darkwing is chasing Negaduck through the portal to the regular universe. They get in a battle there and Darkwing accidentally pulls the universal plug, which <laughs> uh, sucks Negaduck into oblivion. DW luckily is able to grab the chain that has this plug in it and fight his way back to the regular universe so he does not get sucked into oblivion. Negaduck does. Right. He swears revenge, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm sure he comes back. I can't remember after this That's what I was wondering. I'm like, I'm, I'm sure he probably comes back. Yeah. Because this was all in the first season. Yeah, so exactly. There's no way he doesn't come back. You know what? This is, this is going to be another Scott Pilgrim reference, but <laughs> I, I love that... Uh, in that movie, they introduced Nega Scott. Oh, right, right. <laughs> At the very end, because you like because he defeats the main bad guy, but then the bad guy introduces like Nega Scott. You think there's gonna be another battle and stuff, but it turns out Nega Scott's not even evil, and they're like talking about going to get Denny's and stuff together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's that's literally it. There's no fight. He's like, oh yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. We'll get Denny's. Good nice. stuff. So that's what that reminded you of. Yes, right off the bat. Sweet. On that note, we should probably bring our own inner kids home from the orphanage before they give away the location to our secret lair. All right, get out here, you little duckling. Um, I think ducks are noisy and they poop everywhere and I always step in it, so I, I don't like ducks. I didn't think I would like this show, but it's not so bad. I think Darkwing was kind of a bozo, but Launchpad was pretty cool and Goslin is awesome, but... I would totally wear Darkwing's costume everywhere because it's really cool. And I'm going to give this cartoon three duck-shaped bowls of cereal out of five. Joseph's turn. As a satire of the superhero genre that I know and love, Darkwing Duck is very near and dear to my heart. With interesting and action-packed stories, comical exploits of an overly egotistical protagonist, and with hints of strong fatherhood messages thrown in, for me, this show hits all the important points. As such, I would give Darkwing Duck five big bowls of Cuckoo Cola cereal out of five and obviously highly recommend it. In closing, let's get dangerous. Ooh, so menacing. Uh, yeah, uh, your kid might grow up to be a vigilante that has a cartoon series made after him to share all of his exploits. Here's hoping. <laughs> I'm still trying to get there. Final thoughts on the show are, I, I know that you and I kind of have different opinions on this one. Normally, we're a lot closer than we are here, but 
A lot of it for me is probably rose-tinted glasses because I did love this as a kid. I think this really helped with my creativity growing up because of the variety of villains and characters that there were. I remember even drawing like nega versions of like uh, characters that I knew. Like I remember I drew like an evil Sonic the Hedgehog. I would draw just other evil characters to be part of the negaverse to fight the regular heroes. So just all the the variety of colors and unique personalities that these villains and other characters had even uh, really helped me as a child and was very inspirational to me. So I recommend it for kids, at least. I don't know if you can enjoy it so much as an adult. That's really, I mean, you coming into it with these just completely fresh eyes are, would be kind of my basis on that. But just having it as a nostalgic show and coming back into it, I still really liked it. Yeah, for me, not having the nostalgia, but I mean, like I said, as a kid, I actively didn't like this show and didn't want to watch it. So, I mean, there's probably still a little bit of bias in there. So looking at it with rose tinted glasses, it's like I'm looking at them with like tinted glasses. <laughs> so you're like you're like the nega Joseph of this show. I am the I am the nega Joseph right now, but I didn't hate it. You know, it, I liked it. For me, it was kind of like I could take it or leave it. I'm like, you know, yeah, this is it was interesting. Like if if I had a kid that was into it, I would watch it with them. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't pick it back up myself. But, you know, like I said, if, if I'd watched it as a kid, I would probably be more along the lines of you like wanting to watch more of it. But for now, I'm kind of satisfied where I am. I am happy that I actually watched some of it. So I actually know about it and I'm not hating on something I know nothing about. And and I don't hate it now. I can say, you know, it was all right. Also, <laughs> for all the adults out there, if you're over 21, you can play an awesome drinking game to Darkwing Duck and just basically take a drink every time he says his own name because it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Darkwing Duck! Uh, I love his lines, too. It seems like it's a new line every time he says, like, I am the terror that flaps in the night. And then he says something else. There was one where he said, I am the cholesterol that clogs your arteries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's stuff like that. I, it's just, uh, that's just kind of a uh, clever little things that they throw in. I, I like yeah. shows that have those kind of uh, repeating lines with a new edge added to it each time. And this was a great example of that. Yeah, I agree. I think that was pretty cool. It's something that was nice about the show for sure. Well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry. So it's time for us to say, Goodbye. And next week, we'll be watching Green Lantern, the animated series, submitted via Twitter by at Writer Sean. And once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Presented by Nerdsloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.